Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick old trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble. Well, well, Radical Australia here on Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Dale Bridge, thank you for keeping the show alive last <laughs> week. Best show of the year, I believe. <laughs> Best show of the year. The guest was incredible. You were incredible. Now, when are you going to take over? Oh, don't patronise me, you bastard. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Talking about bastards, we have a guest in the studio. <laughs> Mr. Simon Morris. You know, you know, Dave, don't you really talk to the guests before the interview. But I did ask you a question, Simon. I need an answer. Are you a Morris dancer? Uh, I wasn't aware that there was a dance called the Morris Dance, actually. You weren't aware, and you're called Morris. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. I thought it mate. was a Morris Minor. <laughs> Morris Minor could be, yeah. We could do a little jokes on Mar- Morris. Now, look, uh, Morris, um, we only asked two questions during the whole hour. And as you're a musician, I understand we will be playing some of your music during the interview, which will give you a bit of respite from this interview. It is an interview. All right. Now, I understand you've got notes. I've got plenty of notes. Well, would you like to hand them over, please? Thank you. Now, you see, uh, this is what we do with notes on Talkback, (laughs) on Radical Australia. That's what we do. Uh. We rip them apart because you don't need notes because you know know about yourself, don't you? Absolutely. You haven't had a head injury, have you? No. You haven't got a quiet brain injury? No. Good. Now, what year were you born? 1970. 70, you're just a, a youngster, 1970. Yeah, year of the dog. The dog, yeah, the dog. Yeah, yeah. loyal, but uh, don't taunt me, I'll bite your head off. Oh, I'm good at taunting. <laughs> now, <laughs> maybe it's a good way to die. Have your head bitten off by a, a, a Morris, a non Morris dancer? What do you reckon? Ooh, yeah, yeah. All right, Simon. Um, I'm sure Dale is, you know, she destroys this interview every time. I'm sure she's asked you the question is. What's your earliest memory? Okay, this is freaky. Yeah, I don't understand it, but maybe it's enlightening me now a little. Yeah. But I think when I was brought home from hospital and put in my bedroom, I recall floating around the room and looking at myself from a distance in from the ceiling. And that may well have been my spirit entering my body. Well, it could have been, or it could have been you've had sudden infant death syndrome and you were dead and you woke up. It could be. could be. Who knows what you had? Mm. Who knows? But that, do you rec- actually remember the, when you were born? You were brought home? I don't know when, when it was. Just That's the feeling. first memory I recall yeah, was right. that I was floating yeah. around the room yeah. and looking yeah. down at myself yeah. on the bed, yes. Yeah. And where was this? In England. England. Yes. What part of the old Uh Quite south, not too far from... Let me try and think. Oh, it's Gosport on Haven, but... Excuse me? 
Gosport on Haven. It's Gosport close, on it's Haven. It's close to Brighton, darling. Col- Brighton, yeah, well, I could understand that looking at you, mate. An hour south of London. <laughs> An hour south of London. Yeah. And uh, were your uh, parents English? Of course, yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, there are people who are not English living in England. I think my dad said that perhaps his ancestry might have been slightly German, mm. and my mother's maiden name was very French-sounding. Right. So, yeah. so you are basically, they were refugees... Religious persecution, they escaped to Protestant England, I assume. Yes, French Huguenot, right. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't. yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah French Huguenot. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. can't remember it. Some of yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's mm. right. A lot of um, Protestants from France and Germany did escape to uh, England during the uh, Reformation period. So, most likely, you're just another bloody refugee, mate. Where my long nose comes yeah, from? Yeah, well, I don't think your nose is very long. Oh. Not that I'm interested. Did you go to Did you go to a preschool or a primary school or anything, or just self educated? Yeah, I, I remember going to play school. Play in school. In Tell in us about that's, English that's, play school. I don't Tell know what it was. I just remember operating the dolls on the stove and getting in trouble for it. And then <laughs> one night at Guy Fawkes' night, I burnt my fingers on a sparkler. Fourth of July, and they have a big bonfire in the backyard yeah. there. Do you, uh, you know what Guy Fawkes was all about? Uh, I did, yeah. Isn't he the guy who set fire to a tower or something? No, no, he's the, he's the Roman Catholic, he's a Roman Catholic rebel who tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament. And so for ever, all eternity, those English Protestants, the progeny of that impotent King Henry, burnt him. And you little people went around Lighting bonfires and burning poor Guy Fawkes. That was his real name, Guy Fawkes. Mm. You know how he got busted? Yeah. He got busted. There was 12 people in the conspiracy and, <laughs> and they added one more. And the 13th person they added to, cons- to the conspiracy realised that the day that they'd arranged uh-huh. to, uh, to blow up um, Parliament, Parliament, the 5th of November, yeah. um, uh, was a day that his uh, brother-in-law or something was due in Parliament. Oh, so right. he quickly wrote a little letter to his brother-in-law saying, don't go to Parliament that day, oh, you know, oh. because something big's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, like we're going to blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, they, that's how they caught him. Oh, Morris, no wonder you immigrated. So after play school, where did you go? You go primary school in England or did you come No, no, out? no, no, I was... Uh, Four years old when I left England. No wonder you left England. You didn't know anything about Bar- Morris Dancy and Guy Fawkes. No wonder. So your parents came across with a good life? With a good life, absolutely. Did they end up in West Australia or...? No, South Yarra. South Yarra? Mm. Well, that is the good life. Mm-hmm. So you went to school at South Yarra Primary? No, no, no. We moved shortly. We were just in a, put up in a flat in South Yarra and then we mm. moved to Bo Morris. Yeah, it's Bo Morris very nice. So I went to Bo Morris Primary. Yeah, I've, lived, yeah, I've lived around there for years. I don't live there anymore, but I used to live around there. Yeah, yeah. we could have we could have actually crossed paths. Quite possibly. How many years did you live in Bo Morris for? Oh, not very long. Two or three years. Oh, I no wonder we didn't cross paths then. Maybe yeah. four years until mm. I was yeah. six. Yeah. So you didn't go to primary school there. No, I went to primary school in North Fitzroy. Fit North Fitzroy. Yes. You're not one an inner city trendy, are you, Simon? <laughs> Uh, hipster? Well, I think that would be just... You don't look like a hipster. You've got a bloody worker's jacket on, you know, and you got. You don't look like a hipster. No, I don't. You haven't, got a, you haven't got a Ned Kelly beard. <laughs> you do have no, the John Lennon glasses. North Fitzroy was very cheap in 1976. Exactly. It was a different world. Tell us about it. 
Um, but I lived in a very, very small house at the end of a very big street. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and I went to school at North Fitzroy Primary School. Uh-huh. Actually, one thing I do remember was they tried to put Aborigines in each class and yeah. it didn't really work out too well. It didn't last very long. Why was that? Do you know? I don't know. They yeah. wouldn't talk to me or look at me. They wouldn't talk or look at you. Well, yeah. You're English, aren't you? Yeah. I understand that. But I didn't understand any didn't of that they? at the time. Yeah, but well, did they have, they have Greeks and Italians and Bolts in your class? Oh, absolutely. Spanish. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, no, no Spanish. Asians until I got to you high know, school. Chileans. You'd have Chileans because they would have come across as refugees after Pinochet. Yeah. Right. You'd have Chileans. Yeah. Was Macedonians. Yeah, well, well, let's not talk about that. What was primary school like? Primary school was fun. I liked primary school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, riding bicycles and exploring and hanging around with friends. Your a lot of freedom parent, in that time, you know. Yeah, your, fr- your parents didn't take you to school hand in hand every morning, every afternoon, did they? they didn't no, I was a latchkey ter- kid. So. They didn't pick you a latchkey kid. I yeah, like that. Yeah. I was a latchkey kid. I'm sure Dale could have been. I used to bring my friends home after school yeah, when it was yeah. raining, you know, and put yeah. their clothes in the dryer. Yeah. You had a dryer? Yeah. Well, that's progressive for the 70s. That's flash. What did your parents do for a living? It was a very small house. We we had we had the fridge in the bathroom right. as well as the dryer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a kitchen. Were there any brothers and sisters? I've Would got you? a sister. A sister. So it was you, your sister and your parents, the dryer and the refrigerator in a one-bedroom home, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. In one of these little terraces that you yeah. can't move in. Yeah. Yeah, which these days cost you know over a million dollars. Four and a half now, actually. A little me. house that cost seventeen thousand is now last sold at four point seven five million. I think. For what street is it in? Alfred Crescent. Oh, of course, of course. Four point seven five. Are your parents still alive? Yeah. And what do they think about it? <laughs> Probably should have hung on to it. I suppose they think. But, they think but don't worry about that. They progressed. They sold that. Seventeen thousand dollar house for thirty five, and bought one for fifty, and sold that for two fifty, and then bought one for three ninety, and sold that for a million. And you know, you know, you know what they're experiencing: the Australian dream. That's right. That's why people come here mm. to buy homes and then get a bigger home and a bigger home. I hope it still continues. It's no, that's it's finished. Hasn't peaked. It's peaked. Yeah, it's, it's finished, Simon. I'm sorry, mate. You've missed out. Yeah. Uh, so what do we aspire to now? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you want to be a musician or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so right. you went no, to no, 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 no. I don't really want to be a musician don't because you? it's too hard. There are so many good musicians and uh, oh, such a struggle. And then oh, once they on, get once they get renowned, then they can't do anything. They lost their freedom. Yeah, and I don't really want that. You need to be a megalomaniac. <laughs> you need to have faith in yourself, like me. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a new new faith. It's it's spirituality, and it's got, it's going to guide me. Don't worry, I don't need to know what's going on. The spirituality will take me there. All right, let's go back. Did you go to high school? Anyway? I went to high school. Fitzroy sis- high. No, my sister got into a academic stream, a mm-hmm. very reputable academic school. Uh, and you got to tech college. No, they they had to allow siblings to go to the same school, oh, great. whether whether their academic ability was there or not. So I got this? to go to an academic school without an academic ability. Where was this? University High School. Ah, yeah, mm-hmm. University. You're a graduate. Of, did you finish Year Twelve? 
I did, I did. Nice. But I wanted to say one more thing. Yeah, that I lost so all my friends from Fitzroy because when I went to university high school, they said, well, you know, you're a bit of... A bit uppity. I lost all my friends. That's <clears> right, 10-pound uppity pom. There's nothing worse than a 10-pound uppity pom, mate. <laughs> you know that. Okay, so I can, uh, I can uh, understand your friend. Stop friends. trying to make me forget what I wanted to tell you. No, no. Okay, so you asked me if I if I did Year Twelve. Yeah. Okay, so I wasn't very good at school. Mm. I was very easily distracted mm. and not very pay much attention. I study, studious, not not. Mm. So in Year Seven I failed, but they put me up with the gift of the gab. They said you could get yourself out of any trouble we could put you in at school by right. talking your way out of it. So I failed Year Seven, went into Year Eight, failed Year Eight, went into Year Nine. <laughs> Year 10 I failed, they put me in year 11. Year 11 I failed and they said, you're going to ruin our academic pass rate. Tell you what, we'll give you a year 11 pass if you take off and go to another school. So I went to Northcote Tech and blitzed it. Blitzed it. So what did you do at Northcote Tech? Media, film, television, photography, drama. It would have been in the 80s, wouldn't it? It would have been... What, in the late 80s, was it? 88. 88, so that would have been pretty... Full on in those days. Oh, yeah, all beta cam and black yeah. and white 35 mil yeah, photography. Yeah, you'd have to be strong to carry out the cameras. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You weren't the best boy, were you? I did end up, after year 12, having my own business as a freelance camera operator's assistant. Right. And that was basically best boy. Yeah, yeah. Because you explain to people what a best boy does. He I've carries always, the tripod. I always like looking at the endings, you know, of a film, you know, the titles, and there's this... Credits, yeah, and it's best boy. I've always wanted to know, what does the best boy do? The best boy sets up the tripod, carries the lights around for the cameraman, carries the cameraman, the tripod, the lights, everything sets it up, does the sound check for yeah, the camera yeah. operator and then yeah. packs it all up at the end so and carries it back to the vehicle. All, <laughs> the, all the hard yards. All the hard yards. Yeah. yeah, and you get the low pay for the hard yards. Oh, wasn't too bad. No. It was it was a bit freelance, you know, so it was a very intermittent, didn't you know if you're going to be working tomorrow or next week. Yeah. Had, you, had you taken up music at that stage? Oh, absolutely. How, I was, long, you, how long have you been in music for? Well, I was 13 years old and university high school was a mm. musical school and mm. I found an old guitar in a rubbish bin there that only had three tuning pegs on it right. and I took it home and a friend of mine was playing guitar around the corner and I asked him, he said, yeah, yeah, you can start with that, no worries. Mm. And he started me off on that uh, three-string, nylon-string guitar in mm. 1983. Did you think you had an affinity for it? Uh, I think I'd always had a, some sort of connection, picking up instruments and having a bit of a rhythm. And, mm. or, or, is it, or is it just plain hard work? Oh, it's plain hard work, no. Yeah, but it's what what it is, right? My guitar teachers have always told me what you do is you practice for half an hour, mm-hmm. and then if you practice for half an hour every day, you will get somewhere with it. And what happens is after half an hour, you start improving and you build up your skills and you really start getting into it mm-hmm. and you enjoy it. And four or five hours later, you go, mm-hmm. "Gee, what happened to that half an hour?" Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. four or five hours of practice a day. A day. That's what you do a day now. No, when I was no. 13. When you were 13. Yeah. But now what, you know it all? Uh, no, no, no. It's funny. It's funny though, like when I was about seven or eight, and I don't know what year Romeo and Juliet came out with from Dire Straits, but mm. recently I picked up the guitar and started trying to play that, and I seem to remember maybe a long, long time ago in my past that I'd really like to be able to do that. Mm. And now I'm working on it. You're working on it? Yeah. So how long have you taken up music again for? How long since I took it up? Yeah, again. Well, you said you're 13, but then you, what? 
Oh, yeah, so it was a bit off and on, I guess. Mm. So, mm. you know, from 13, been in five bands until 21 and then had a break and started working a bit mm. and building my career. Mm. And then... Um, what do you mean starting working? As a musician or...? or no, after university, you know, yeah. and just bumming around in the calf, stuff like that, you know, yeah, you think you better well. get a job and yeah, start renting yeah, an apartment yeah, and yeah, paying yeah. the bills. Your parents are saying, yeah, get a real job, boy. Forget about the music. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wanted to tell you that the parents have always had this affiliation with you've got to do whatever it is you do yourself. Mm. And that made me think of this story about the fisherman, you know. It's the well, fisherman that comes to you because... Oh, I mean, the, the poor man in the village who's yeah. hungry mm. comes to you and asks you for fish because you're fishing. Mm. And you're actually better to teach that guy how to make a fishing rod and put a hook and a worm on the end of it and teach him how to fish for fish mm. so that he can feed his own family instead mm. of coming back to you tomorrow and asking you for another feed. Right, right. So. Right, now you've, brought, you've done something unforgivable. You've brought in, what is it, a CD? Yes, yes. And this is, a this couple, is actually. A couple. This is all your own work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one day I'm doing my locksmithing job and I bump into a customer and she's locked out of her massage studio, which was a makeshift <laughs> thing in her garage. Anyway, so I'm talking to her and she says, yeah, I'm studying... Myocology. Myocology. Psychology based on how your body feels. So if you have a nice massage and. Sounds like bullshit. Go on. Anyway, this lady, she says she's doing myocology, and when I finished that job, I went around to a mate's place and he just put down a track of music on his four track recorder or eight track recorder, and he says to me, Simon, grab this microphone and see if you can put some lyrics to this backing music. And it just came out of me. Like I think that was the beginning of my spiritual... How I've just realised today... How long ago was this? This is four years ago, five years ago, nine, 2014. So you hadn't actually... You kind of put the guitar down after the, the bands and it all came back four years ago? Or did you... Oh, no, 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 I was in a band with this guy. Yeah. We had a bit of issue where... <laughs> For 10 years. I was with this band for 10 years. So it it initially started with doing 1980s covers, which I brought with me from my other bands. And then they said, no, let's write our own music. And then they said, no, let's just jam and let's just see what happens. And it just kept going around. Let's do covers. Let's write music. Let's jam. And 10 years later, after we were doing Led Zeppelin covers for a long time, I just thought, you know, this is a waste of time. Yep. (laughs) Yep, you're right. You're right. Led Zeppelin does it better. Led Zeppelin does it so much better. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're doing your own stuff. Can you tell us about this this first... Uh, yeah, yeah, what I've said before... Tell us about this first met, one we're going to play. Yeah. I met this lady, mm. and she's doing myocology. It's mm. all about the physical well-being, your mm. state of mind that comes from your physical well-being. Mm. And I went to my mate's place, and he said, can you put some lyrics to this song? Mm. And having met that lady, this song just came all out in one run, one take. Oh, I didn't... Have, it just, mm. That's it? Yeah. One take? One take. Well, I think this is the second cut of it, but yeah. I think the first take was better. Right. Because it was just so, so natural, but all these lyrics, yeah. I didn't rewrite any of the lyrics. No. So you're giving us the second quality. You're giving us the reject, are you, today? What do you call it a reject? It's a second take, but it's got a better quality music, but right. less natural ability. All right, okay, all right. I just, I just I'd singer. hate to, I'd hate to think that you would give our listeners <laughs> not the, you know, not the best music you no, can this produce. This has got much better quality sound Good. quality. Thank you, thank you for explaining that, Simon. That's what it's called. It's called electrolytes in my heart. 
enjoyed that it's, it's, it makes me sick <laughs> I enjoyed it fantastic yeah. I'm very glad to hear it that it sounds like a bit of a love song you didn't get on with the myotherapist did you no no <laughs> no but I do go regularly for a Thai massage and that's yeah. I do yeah. get yeah. very strong yeah. support from yeah. her well is, 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 love nice and lust, is love and lust entered your life or has love and, and lust, lust entered my life many times? Many times. Oh, yes. But yeah, I don't really want to go into that. That's no, not no, really my priority. No, no. no but is it, they it, all, is well, it kind of you know courtship what? lately? Are you kind of in a permanent relationship or anything? Or? Oh, yeah. I'm married. I've been married 16 years. 16 years. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Well, that's good. I like that. What's... Look, uh, can you tell us your wife's name or she'd be ashamed of being uh, named on air? What do you reckon? No, her name's Amy. Amy, Amy, yeah. yeah and I was... named my business after Amy. Did you? What's your business called? Amy's Locksmiths. Amy's Locksmiths. Can you tell me mm-hmm. how to break into a safe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of all, well, maybe off air. 
we don't want to leave everybody. Can you could you do that? Could you break into a safe? Yes, yeah, so long as it's in your house and you've got a driving license with that address on it, and you've got a current gas bill matching that name and address <laughs> on your driving license, I can do anything you want in your home. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever, ever been in a situation where you think this is not rigid ditch? Oh yeah. Yeah. Look, usually what we do is just tell the people, would you mind if I call the police to come along and accompany me with this? Yeah. And when they say, no, that's fine, then you know that it's all right. Oh, yeah, right, right. But if right. they sort of get in their car and run away, you know, well, there you go, yeah. I just lost the job. Right, right. <laughs> so if I, if, I, if, I see, if I see a lovely um, car that I would like to take home... That's a difficult one. I, I can't call you, then you can... Um, no? Not, I've got I could say I've locked my keys in. I locked my keys out or I've lost my keys. I need to get into the car. Yeah, but your keys would be in the car if you're... Well, key, maybe I lost so. them. Maybe I lost them, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Could I get do, away with that? I don't do too many cars. You don't another guy's cars. got all, all the right. diagnostic machinery right, to plug right. into your okay. ECU all right, all right. So and in other the words, information. There's for no point in me trying to corrupt you Not as me. a locksmith. No, no, no. You kind of you register if somebody is a locksmith. Yeah, there's there's a good reason why locksmiths don't do anything like that. They train us at school that if there's a 10-year jail sentence for break and enter, mm. should I try and do it, then I get the double the sentence. You get double the sentence? 20 years, yes. You're so lucky. Yeah. So, uh, oh, uh, but uh, that's, yeah. Uh, but did some locksmiths go rogue? Um, no, I heard a rumour that a lot of ex-policemen become locksmiths. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that somewhere. So how long have you been a locksmith for? 20 years, 1999, 20 years. exactly. And, and, and it's your own business? It's my own business, yeah. And, and have you got any employees or just you? No, just me, sole trader. So you're a sole trader in a little car, whizzing around, exactly. doing jobs. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Can you tell us just an unusual lock, an unusual call that you've had about somebody mean? Something really unusual. Oh, uh, so I turned up with the police to a house and there was a guy inside threatening to blow up a gas bottle in a block of flats. That right. was a pretty unusual thing. That's, that's my most so what, horrific well, why, why do they call you? To open the door because he wouldn't open the door. <laughs> Weren't you frightened you'd get blown up too? Yeah, I wasn't really frightened. Either. No. I didn't no. think he was going to blow himself up. Right, he didn't think he was going to. But the police do that. They haven't got their own locksmiths. No, they don't. And funny, I got invited, um, um, absconded, requested. I had a job with the police to open the door for the first time, and it was quite a few years ago. Mm. And I said, uh, how come this is the first time you guys have asked me to come and open the door? Gently, like manipulate it without any damage. Mm. And they said, oh, you know, it's a new thing that we're not allowed to do damage to people's property anymore. Right. But how come I only got called once ever yeah. to do that? Mm. The rest of the times they do, they'll just break in, damage. Mm. Mm. Maybe, maybe they're planting things in the house. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want the blood, to, the occupants to know that they'd come in. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. No, I don't really want to say what it was going no, on. No, 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 don't tell us. Look, it's yeah. uh, 4.31. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast, so anything you're going to say, Simon, will be there for all eternity. Don't Excellent. forget that. And you can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You got any kids? Mm, my wife's got a 30-year-old. A 30-year-old. Yes. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call him a kid, or her a kid. Ah, I'm not, I don't want to cause any domestic issues. No, no, don't. Let's, let's not go down that let's path. Let's not go down that path. No, no, that, 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 that's, sorry, okay. All right.
So, you make a living out of being a locksmith. Well, okay, no, I wanted to go through this story that in the first year I only had like $3,000 turnover, mm. and it cost a lot more than that to set up the business. Mm. The second year I doubled it. Seen, I think for the first four, five, six, seven years I doubled my turnover every year, so mm. from three mm. it got to 40, mm. and uh, I realised, well, you know, once you pay everything, you're still only on 16 grand, and that's, right. that's atrocious. So I went and got a full-time job. Mm. As a driver, and that's where I used to listen to 3CR, actually. And so in working a full-time job and being able to answer the phone at morning tea and lunchtime, Mm. I was able to book in work for after hours and Saturdays and Sundays, Mm. and actually I was able to save my full award wage for the two years I worked there. Right. right. Yeah, because I paid my bills with the locksmithing, saved the award wage, which is Mm. atrocious money. Mm. Not enough to live on, really. I don't know. Yeah, you need two people working on the award wage to survive. And so after two years of working for the award wage where they push you so hard, they get you to work every second of the day. This this is a locksmith you were working? I was a driver. Driver. A delivery driver. Delivery. Oh, that's For the award wage. That's terrible. We, 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 we paid... We've got a lot of delivery drivers who listen to the uh, 3CR because yeah. they've got time on their hands. That's and, right, yeah. And it's, it's the same story every time. Oh, it's getting worse because mm. the traffic's horrific and they're paying them on a commission, $2 right. a delivery, and it yeah. takes them an hour and a half to get from one side of the city to the That's other. Right. And, then they, and they're responsible for damage and it just goes on and on. So, yeah, locksmithing is your main trade. Yes, yeah, so that's what I was going to get to the point. That yeah. So after a couple of years of saving my award wage and working mm. after hours, it's like having two jobs. Mm. I thought I'll get back into locksmithing because I was very frustrated working for someone else. And But you take those ethics that the award wage pushes you to work every minute of the day to, mm. to save money and to work to the best of your ability. And mm. I took that back into my locksmithing and the locksmithing's going quite good. That's good. So what, is it word of mouth or you got a website or something? Yeah, I've got uh, Google Places is a great place to advertise for free. Right. And I've got a search engine optimisation company doing search engine optimisation for me through a lot of suburbs around the western suburbs where I live. Mm. And yeah, word of mouth helps as well. And you pick up real estate agents and work for them. It does help to be self-employed, doesn't it? Oh, yes. It's, it's wonderful. Apart from the wage, it's wonderful. Yeah, and then you've got no sort of knowledge of what's going to come up in no, the future, that's right, what's going right. to happen today. You like a locum doctor? I don't know about being a locum doctor. You're I'm a locum, locum locksmith. Locum, yeah, well, no, I do have the yeah. intention of hopefully getting someone else to do the work for me at some stage. They mm. always, tradesmen always say, when are you going to get off the tools? Oh, yeah, that's exactly. when you can... Uh, what is it when you uh, I'm trying to is think of the word that the cheesecake shop has a uh, franchise I want to make a franchise or mm. not just subcontractors because they're so unreliable mm. so many years training did you do to be a locksmith it's a three year apprenticeship like a butcher or a baker electrician right. three years, or right. mechanic and then you work one year with a qualified tradesman when you've completed your schooling and that's when you get your papers after that's the four years that's when you get your papers Right. And how difficult is the three years? Extremely difficult because they do welding, MIG, TEG, ox, TEG, OXY, and then they teach you electrical so you can wire up alarms, mm. and then they teach you mechanical engineering, marking out, cutting, working a fitting and turning machine, a lathe, and presses, and it just goes on and on. It's, making keys is just a small part of it. Yeah, so you're, you're a real artisan then. 
I'm an artist. You are. Yeah. People don't. They say, "Oh, he's just a locksmith." They don't understand how much uh, is involved. That's right. I mean, the only way I can break into a safe is by to dynamite it. You know, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it wouldn't work. Most likely, I'd get my head blown off. There wouldn't be much left. No, no, no right. paper money left no, in there no, after that. No, no. Uh, is there any? Um, is there a lot of bad safes out there that anybody can break into? Well, you wouldn't really want me to mention that over there. No, no, no. Anyway, I'm just saying, so. are there any? Or, 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 or you know, if you, let's say you've got something and you want you want to buy a safe. What do you look for? No brand names. What would you look for? You're a, you're the locksmith. We'll, we'll pick your brain. Sorry for the joke. <laughs> okay, the ones with the dial combination yeah. are very good because there's a machine. It's very expensive that I don't even know anybody that's got one. And you put one on and it dials up all the possible combinations. But it takes like three days. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the machine that does it. All combinations, right. So combination, you'd say a combination. Yeah, a quite good. And then oh, a, a six-lever wafer key would mm. be good to mm. a Maybe a six-ton. Maybe both. If you have both combination both. and key operated, then oh, okay. extremely difficult. All right, well, good. Now, going back to your music career, which I think will be a bit, you know... Uh, was it a career, or did you just were you just dabbling? You were just dabbling. Dabbling. It cost me an arm and a leg to buy the equipment. Well, and what I equip- hated it. You know, when you when you spend months and months preparing for a concert, a gig, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. and then you gather all the equipment, you hire a PA, and you lug around this heavy equipment. You put new strings on your guitar. Yeah. You go and work for an hour. You don't get paid, mm-hmm. and then you, you got four paid. or five. Come on, well, what do you mean you, you don't know, get paid? When you're starting up as a musician, you don't get paid gigs. You don't get paid gigs. No, I went busking once and all I got was a parking ticket and like five <laughs> cents and I bought a wino or a scotch and coke, so it cost, you know, it cost me $100 to go busking. <laughs> I like that. You're not that bad, are you? Uh, well, I've seen people put money in hats and things. Yeah, I do, but they're probably musicians who failed. They come along and feel sorry for you. I, no. I've done it today. I gave a violinist in Footscray a dollar. A dollar. Yeah. Well, you know, you're one of them. One of the brotherhood, sisterhood. That's right. The busking brotherhood and sisterhood. It's like salespeople, they yeah. always buy. All right, I'm going to ask you a very embarrassing question. You don't actually have to answer this, Simon. Okay. But, but as a musician, this is very embarrassing. Have <laughs> you actually ever been paid for a gig? Have I? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. No. So it's a, is, it, is it a passion or is it a hobby? What it's is a it? passion. Yeah, and what's the spirituality bit you're talking about with, with the passion with the music? What's going on? Oh, oh, that electrolyte song, as I said, it all came out in one flow from me. Mm. So it came from my heart or a deeper place mm. that mm. I don't really even have an understanding of. Just mm. so, <coughs> And then actually, recently I've started playing didgeridoo. You play the didgeridoo? I'm starting to learn. It's bloody hard. It's very hard. Oh. The circular breathing. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So no, I'm hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm interested. Not that I'd ever want to play the didgeridoo because I haven't got any talent at all. But you, you got a teacher, or you just yeah. teach yourself? You know, I've got a teacher. Who's your teacher? He's Gavin Moore. He's got a radio program here at 11 a.m. on Tuesdays called Billabong Beats. Not our Gavin. Your Gavin Moore, 3CR Gavin. He's my teacher. Well, I hope you learn quickly, boy, uh, because he's not a patient man, you know. That's all right. I've got plenty of time for him. (laughs) It's the other way around. Whether he's got the time for you, Simon. (laughs) 
Uh, how's it progressing? Well, I spent enough time with him. He, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it progressing? It's quite well. I've had a flu for a couple of weeks, so I haven't had any practice. And, uh, uh, but, you know, it's a bit up and down. But, but uh, what it is about the didgeridoo is that I think the spirit is in there uh, and it comes from way deep down inside your guts. Uh, and if, if you sort of make noises like talking without speaking, uh, you just, I don't know, you've got to sort of imagine this voice coming out of you. And you hear these amazing sounds come out of the didgeridoo mm. that you don't expect, you don't really try to implement. They come from somewhere unknown. So is a didgeridoo a personal piece of equipment? You know, you wouldn't dream of sharing a didgeridoo or not? I would have thought so, but Gavin didn't have a problem sharing it with me in the initial, initially, mm. which I thought was a bit strange. But mostly you spit into it, not lick it, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. don't yeah. worry about somebody previously spitting in your didgeridoo. Yeah. Um, there is an Aboriginal saying that you're not allowed to play didgeridoo if you're female, mm. and that is because there's a possibility that the spirit may go down inside you, and it might be a bad spirit, and it might affect your birth, the spirit of your unborn child. Mm. Mm. All right, what made you try the didgeridoo? Were you just sick of the guitar, or what? No, I think it was. I saw Gavin play it, and yeah. it was beautiful. Mm. And I just wanted to get into it, and then when I realised that there was mm. spirit in there, mm. that I, I think me playing the didgeridoo mm. is to try and encourage other people who are not from Aboriginal culture mm. to try and have a little bit of understanding of the Aboriginal culture. Right. Mm. All right. So you've got it's a, a promotional tool. Yeah. So you've got another piece of work for us. Tell us about this piece I've of work. I've got a piece of work here. Okay. So this one is having... I'd like to go back a little bit further and yeah, just sure. tell you, first of all, I was hanging out with this guy and he mm. likes to drink and we used to have good conversations around his fireplace in his backyard. A lot of uh, conspiracy theory type oh, stuff, yeah, which yeah. started with like aliens, reptilians, yeah, Illuminati, yeah, the Rothschilds, yeah, yeah. the Morgans. Yeah, syndrome from too much drinking, but go on. Religion yeah. dominating the yeah, earth. Yeah, yeah. What were we talking about? I've forgotten. You're, you're, the, one who, you're the one who digressed. The song, the song, the song, the song. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Now, what happened? Amazing thing happened to me. I, I, from trying to discover all of these things about our past in the mm. last 4,000 years that they teach you in history at school, mm. and that why have we only got 4,000 years of history? And where does it really come from? So I started looking into the origins of mankind. And I found on YouTube this guy, Stephen Strong, the Origins of Mankind. He's on a radio program and he's got a two-hour and five-minute show. And what actually he says is that the Aboriginal elders told him to go and spread this word around. It was about there's going to be a change in frequency, but I can't tell you the whole two-hour thing. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a change in frequency, and if you think about it on the right level and you think about it correctly the spirits will lead you to other people who are discussing this issue. So a couple of weeks later, I come home from work and there's this wino in the back lane mm. and he's swearing at the factory, close the paint factory, you don't need it, it's all rubbish. And I told him my story about trying to find the origins of mankind and how mm. perhaps it's got to do with Aborigines. Mm. And he said, 3CR, 11am tomorrow, fire first, come down there tomorrow morning and meet Robbie Thorpe. 
and I came down here at 11 a.m. and I, I met Robbie Thorpe, and mm. then I met Gavin Moore, and then Gavin Moore's trying to understand himself, the Aboriginal culture, mm. and trying to relay it through his show at 11 a.m. on 3CR yeah, Tuesdays, Billabong this? Beats. And this song mm. is because I'm thinking maybe my higher purpose is to try and help the Aboriginals inform the rest of society that there's more than what you're being told. And so this song has got one line I made up talking to Gavin about having your own tolerance and your own priorities. Mm. One line I heard from another Aboriginal elder around here telling me that... um, I'm going to go on holidays and when I come back I'm going to teach the white man that they're welcome if they learn our country. Mm. And a guy on NITV who said that healthy country is healthy living and he's going around to schools and teaching that. Basically it's just one line from four or five Aboriginal elders that I met Mm. and I put it all together in one song. Excellent. All right, let's go for it. Has it got a name? Healthy country. Healthy country, right. I've had the flu for a few weeks. Yeah, I could tell that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't smoke, do you, mate? I do. Oh, Simon. I don't want to go to your funeral, mate. Come on, do something good for yourself and stop it. you got a great voice. Well, thank you. You're not going to stuff it up, are you? 
Come on, I'm giving you three advice. She's Thanks unusual. I'll take it on board. Take it on board. Think about it. Yeah. All right. That's no, a great song. Um, I'm interested in the As an old atheist, you know, he doesn't believe anything. What's, what's this spirituality stuff you're talking about? Well, you know, I mean, I, I like atheists, that word too. Mm. Um, no, I think I'm an atheist as well. I wasn't baptised. I think my mother told me that she gave me the opportunity to discover it for myself. Yes, so at the age mum. of four years old, mm. I, mm. I, I got through a crack in the back fence and went to church myself, Anglican Church. So I've been to Anglican mm. Church. I've had a lot of help from the Salvation Army. Right. I've been and visited Catholic churches to find mm. what they're at. I've been to Taoist churches, a Vietnamese one, right. which is a very nice one. Mm. They take five religions. They take Christianity, Catholicism, Muslim, Confucianism and Buddhism and they take the nice things out of those and you go around to the house and they feed you and they try and help each other. That's mm. glorious but mm. still not quite for me because I'm not committed to that so I've tried to dabble in all religions and try and find out what they're about but one thing that comes back to me is that it's an inner thing that you do what you're meant to do Mm. by your spirituality Do do you think your life's directed or is it more spontaneous it's been a massive confusion, mm. which, looking back at it, seems to be relatively organised. Right. At the time, it's confusing. Mm. Mm. But now that I look back at it, I think there were reasons that mm. I did what I did and I didn't succeed at things that I tried because that would have detracted me from my real aspiration. Mm. I, know, I know you raised the point about um, purpose before... Do you think life has a purpose? Yeah. Yeah, oh, well, I like to go into the whole numerical, which is Aboriginal dreaming. Mm. And that is that there's no beginning and there's no end and there's no form of time. Mm. What we are are vessels for the spirits to re-enter and... We try to make things better as we go. So a spirit, when you die, your spirit goes back into space. Mm. And when you're reborn, your spirit gets placed into another human. But once we're out in space, we get told that what we did in our last life wasn't really that good. So here's a couple of suggestions what you might try to do to improve yourself mm. next mm. re-entry. So if you're a mass murderer, better ways of mass murdering. Oh, they might come back as a cockroach. Huh? They might come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, you start off with spirituality when you said is that your first memory was, you know, you looking on yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't about, possibly... Yeah. I always remember that memory, but mm. I never knew what it meant mm. until mm. today, perhaps. Right. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do about your music um, career, in inverted commas? Are you going to, are you going to continue or...? Oh, as I said before, I do it for love, for mm. my own enjoyment, and, mm. and I don't really want to be famous because I like my freedom of walking down the street and not being recognised. Well, I recognised you when you accosted me at the door. <laughs> you recognised me? Yeah, I said, that's the bloody locksmith, he's after me. Yeah, but it's only 
Not the musician. I said that's Simon the locksmith. I've provoked you in the street many times, and mostly you ignore me in case I'm a predator. You a predator? No, you. I've got. I'm the predator. You're you're overly concerned about the possibility of predators (laughs) absconding you. Yeah, you never know. You You never know. know. Look, I I have I have been stalked by the best. (laughs) See, the trouble on radio is people listen to you, and I think you can solve their problems. You can't. All you can do is listen and offer advice. You know, you can't solve people's problems. Yeah, They've I'm, got that I'm not capacity. sure about that with you, Joe. You're not sure? Well, no, you've got some ideas that I've never heard before, and uh, I wonder why I've never heard them before. Well, because you don't listen to 3CR regularly, that's why. I'm sure a lot of other people at 3CR speak the same ideas. I want to ask you about Switzerland. Sweden's got that... Idea of well, the, the, the common wage, common is wage, universal Iceland, basic income. Yeah, Iceland, a universal basic yes. income. Mm. Mm. Wage. That, did you get wage. that from there, or no, no, no? I'm just, I, I like thinking. You, you studied know. the, yeah, the, the, I mean, the practicality of the. It's very practical. I've studied, and I think, look, this is about not me. You no, know, no, it's sorry, not yeah. about me. But you can listen to the program. I'm fascinated. Yeah, well, listen to the program. You can. Listen to today's podcast. I actually spoke about it. But getting back to you, right? What are you going to do with your music career? Are you going to make more CDs? Are you going to do more work? Or are you going to? Uh, it hasn't been my priority, and it hasn't. And it's really never been part of a preempted progression. Mm. It sort of all happens accidentally to me. Right. Yeah. Right. Are you going to finish uh, learning the didgeridoo? I mean, I'm assuming it's going to take years to do it properly. Yeah, well, I don't think that there's a, an end goal with it. I think mm-hmm. what's going to come out of it is mm-hmm. from the spirit world, and mm-hmm. that so somebody else mm-hmm. designates. Mm-hmm. But do you have any end goals in your life? End goals, end goals. Things you'd like to achieve that you haven't achieved? No, no, this is the thing. I think my spirituality is just going to take me where it needs me to go. Mm. I don't have to know. So you don't wake up and roll a dice every morning and decide which direction? No, no, no. I've got a few few mottos in life, right? What what are they? That if you work eight hours Mm. and sleep eight hours in preparation for that Mm. and you enjoy eight hours of your day... Mm. Then eventually you'll get somewhere with that. Yeah. Have you seen the eight hour monument? No, where's that? You know where Trades Hall is? Yes. Well, you go across the road from Trades Hall, uh-huh. there is a monument. It's got 888 on the top. And that was the slogan of the eight hour movement in the 1880s and 1890s. Nothing's new. Is that where the Chinese get their lucky 888 number from, do you think? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it, but have a look at the Anhui Monument. It's quite an interesting monument. It was completed in 1903. It's quite interesting. Have a look at it. And when you're there, have you been to the Tanaminuaya Morbohina Monument? No. Oh, you should go to that too. If you want spirituality, go to that. That's near the Anhui Monument. You can do both in half an hour, mate. Excellent. Yeah, that's corner uh, Franklin, not Franklin, uh, Victoria Parade, Franklin Street. Yeah. So, have you got any advice for any youngsters listening to this program as the interview's coming to an end? Well, mainly, yeah, work eight hours. Yeah. Sleep eight hours in preparation for enjoying eight hours of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
No, 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 no. You've done well without bloody. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. This is one, dude. I love this. Everything I've done in my life which has been successful and has created great achievement for me Mm. has been frightening as hell when I've been doing it. Frightening. Yeah. So, like, going to school is frightening. Going to uni is frightening. Going Mm. to trade school is Mm. frightening. But all those things that Mm. were the most frightening in my life once you overcome the fear of it, they actually become extremely advantageous to you. So yep. you've got to dabble in something that frightens the hell out of you. So or if something's frightening of you, don't give risk. up. Take the risk. Take Go the for risk. it. You know what they say. You don't take any risks. You don't live. It's that simple. Take the risks. But I'm not going to go bungee jumping. Would no. you go bungee jumping? No, no, not I'm not going to take that risk. No, no, no. Uh, all right. Now... How often do you appear on the program, Billabong? Um, actually, I've had my song played on Billabong for the last four weeks consecutive, I think. Right, right. And a couple of times I've gone into the studio, but mm. I, I tend to freeze up because I'm not sure that I fit in there when they're talking about Aboriginal culture. Right, and right. I'm a white man from England and right. I'm probably the cause right. of their problems. Yeah, you're a Morris dancer. But what I do is try to just keep an affiliation just create a little bit of encouragement and when I was at school studying media they taught mm. me critical analysis of the media mm. so what I do is I listen to their conversation mm. and I try to understand it and try to help them to be able to reproduce understanding with others well Mr Simon Morris thank you for coming in Thank you for sharing your music with us. Thank you for sharing your life. And most importantly of all, thank you for sharing your concept of uh, spirituality. As an old bugger, I need to find something. And I haven't found anything yet. Oh, don't worry, that's part of it. Once you understand and you have belief yeah. in it, then yeah. you are become part of it. Yeah. And right. you'll go back okay. to a spherical right. sphere where you'll yeah. be judged yeah. and you'll be yeah. retrained. Yeah. And then you will re-enter. And the spirit you... child yeah. will yeah. be implanted yeah. into a pregnant woman at five yeah. months pregnant. Yeah. And yeah. you will be reborn. Right. There is reincarnation. Yeah. Do, I have to give you, do I have to give you 10% of my income for no. my advice? No, I went to, a Penteco- <laughs> went to a Pentecostal church recently and I walked out the second they said that. <laughs> You, you, you're stealing from God if you don't do exactly. that. They said, that, yeah. "Well, don't." I think, the, I think, you know, forty thousand years of history from Aborigines goes a lot further yeah. back than any religion that we've got here. Well, thank you very much, Simon. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much, Dale Bridge. And it'll be a pleasure to see you next week. And I understand you're going back to Evil Land, the home of the Morrison government. Under duress. Under duress. Yeah. Family duties, I understand. Yes, my brother turns 50. Yeah, well, you, you look after yourself and we would like you to come back. I'll try and come back in one piece. Thank you. <laughs> Don't do anything yeah. that I wouldn't do. <laughs> All the best. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for having me.
could see no way to keep my body still. When you heard the call, you left me on my own. I could see. No reason to find my way back home. And the woodsman lives by the river in the valley. And he waits for me like a spark. 